Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing how to survive a bear market. It's not what that's coming up, Rob. This isn't a prediction, I hope. No, Mike, we're not in the predictions game, as you know. But I do believe it is helpful to sometimes prepare for a possible bear market. I read this great article written by Safal Nevshak called 35 Ideas from 2021. What I liked about it most is it's really a review of some of the great commentary on bear markets and predictions and what you can and should do about it. It's pretty obvious. We're coming off a great year in 2021. Interest rates are supposed to be rising. We know we're already dealing with higher inflation. We're still dealing with COVID. And now we have a war going on in the Ukraine. So let's start exploring some of those ideas. I'm going to start each one with a, a title and then maybe some comments on them. So why don't I start with the first one? And that is a bored investor is a dangerous thing. So what does that mean? Well, if you think of COVID over the last two years, I would say we've had a lot of bored investors. People have had more time on their hand. They haven't been able to leave their home. They've got all these technology tools where they can start doing online trading, whether they're buying cryptocurrencies or NFTs or SPACs or whatever the flavor of the day is. And Jason Zweig, one of the most influential writers in the U.S., said in 2016, a board investor is probably more likely to succumb to the whims of other board investors moving in a herd. And so if you think about that, there's two things going on. One, they get bored, so they decide they got to do something. So people get bored with their portfolio. I got to put some individual stuff in there. I got to have some fun. Maybe I got to buy some crypto. So where do, what, what choice do they make? Why do they follow the herd, Mike? Why is it easier to follow the herd to go versus going against the herd? Well, the media is coming from the herd, right? So everything is going to push you that way. And everyone has a great idea how to be an investor. It goes back to those, you know, there there's the two quotes that come out. And they, one of them is going to be wrong, but there's the Joe Kennedy one or, or Rockefeller that when uh, they decided to get out before the correction in the 29, they got advice from the guy shining their shoes. And they realized at that time when uh, the guy shining my shoes give me stock market advice, it's time to get out of the stock market. And supposedly they saved their wealth that way by understanding it was going more toward a herd mentality. And that's what you begin to see. And I'm getting advice from every like 17 or 18 year old you talk to is giving you investment advice on how you should buy cryptocurrency and what you should do with it. It's coming from everywhere. And it's not that they're, 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 they can be smart people and everything, but they just haven't had the experience yet to go through this. Charles Ellis made a comment and he was a, a great value investor. He said, investing is a continuous process. It isn't supposed to be interesting. If you go to the stock market because you want excitement, then sooner or later, you will lose. It's a bit like going to Vegas. You're, you're, you're not really investing. You think you are, but really what you're doing is gambling. 
And so that's one of the things you follow the herd, you gamble. Oh, well, everyone else is gambling. I'll gamble too. I'm investing. I'm, I'm, but that's not investing. It's gambling. I've been in arguments with people over time where they start to try to compare what, you know, you tell people you work, uh, you work in the financial field. They say, yeah, well, that's just gamble. And I, I usually go and I, it's one thing I have to always argue with. I wish I could just not argue with it, but I always go, no, when you gamble, it has an expected negative return. Said so anytime you go to Vegas, the Vegas is going to take portion. You know, uh, for every winner, there has to be a loser minus the cost that Vegas takes, right? And I said when you when you're in the marketplace, it has an expected rate of return. If you look at you know just generalize, if you look at S and P 500 or Dow over time, they're 10 percent rate of return. So that's your expected sort of rate of return, and you can be above it or below it. Some people won't be as good, but for every 12 person, there might be one that's down at eight. So you're gambling around something with expected profits. When you go to Vegas and that, there's no expected profits. So it's interesting. Every now and again, I'll have a client that wants to put $2,000, $5,000 into an investment. I was meeting with one of the clients today. And last year, actually in, in late 2020, they wanted to put some money into Zoom. We looked at how that investment had done today. It wasn't a big investment. It's down 60%. They bought another investment just last year. They only wanted $2,000 in it. It's actually down 80% since they put the $2,000 in it. These things killer returns. People don't realize it. We try to keep, it's funny, when people come and want to do stocks, our whole goal is to keep it as small as possible because we know it's going to kill the return. In 95, maybe 98% of the times I've done it for clients, it has been an absolute loss. And I, I've seen very few, you think over, what, how long have you been doing this, 30 years? 30 plus. You, you think there'd be a winner in 30 years, don't you? Sometimes they are winners, but they yeah. don't get out. Yeah. So they never get the win. They never co collect their winnings. One person's going to pick that right gold mine or diamond mine or whatever it is and going to make themselves a million dollars. Still has yet to happen. What's interesting as the advisor is when you see that they want to do this and you know it's unsolicited, and because it's a small amount, you say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll let it go. You, part of your brain goes, well, maybe, I wonder if this one's going to work. What, is, what does he know that I don't know? The evidence is rarely do they know anything that the market doesn't know. The market knows everything. Yep. Next one, lessons from last year. Have a margin of safety. So that's a great Warren Buffett quote. He always said that when you buy a stock, you need to have a margin of safety. In other words, don't buy a stock that's already high in price because you don't have a margin there of safety. It's already high in price. You know, your, your margin of safety is gone. So if the stock is normally trading at $20 and you're buying it at $12, you got a little cushion there. If the stock's normally trading at $20 and it's trading at 40 now, you don't have any margin. You don't have any room. Well, that's where you like the value stocks. Like, you know, our value plays put, put you in a position where you have a lot of banks in your portfolio. Most of our portfolios have a lot of Canadian banks in them. And when you go look at the margin of safety there, the, the products of the banks can go up and down. But all of a sudden, they're not going to change by that much overnight. You're going to know when they're changing. And so there, there'll be no big surprise. Like, I mean, obviously, when we were talking about uh, social media, we saw the surprise last week with, uh, you know, the Facebook dilemma. 
And, and that's where you get a whole lot of problems. You know, there's, there is no margin of safety in Facebook. You saw the price dropped, I think it was almost by one third, wasn't it? Yeah, 25% in a day, overnight. Yeah, and, and that's because you're paying such a high price for it. If there is any doubt in future earnings on what that can do, that whole expectations drops off. And that's where a growth stock is exactly what it says. A growth stock, you're buying based on the potential growth of it. If that potential growth disappears, you're not buying on the earnings or anything like that. You're buying on the potential growth. Once that growth gets questioned, the whole stock price is in question. It's interesting. So I was out for my morning walk uh, today. We're recording this podcast on February the 15th. It was extremely icy on the sidewalks. Ice like I've never seen. And I understand I've been walking our neighborhood for 30 years. And the ice was really thick in places, really bad. So I decided eventually to get off the sidewalk and walk on the road, which is equally dangerous. <laughs> and I was passing someone and I just saw him. He got off the sidewalk at about the same time I did. Yeah. And we kept walking on the road towards each other. And as I passed him, I said, there wasn't a lot of options here. Mm. I'm either going to get hit by a car or I'm going to fall flat on my back yep. <laughs> on the sidewalk. But you... In life, we always take a margin of safety. We wear masks because of COVID. Most people got vaccines. You know, 92.5% of the province got a vaccine. But when it comes to investing, we forget about that margin of safety. And it's important to have it. Just even think of the bonds in your portfolio. You know, who wants bonds today? Interest rates are low. Interest rates are starting to go up. Who wants bonds? They've had negative returns over the last 12 years. It's It's like a life jacket. It's a life preserver. It's a seatbelt. Well, plus two, people always say buy low and sell high. But if you're 100% equities, when things go down, you don't have anything to buy low. When you have the bonds, you actually have something available to take advantage of those market swings. Another concept out of this 31 ideas was no one knows everything. So here was the quote, all of our decisions are driven by partial information. So whatever decision you're making, even if you go to buy something, you don't have all the information. You, you can't. There's too much information out there to collect it all. So you're making a decision based on partial information. We can't possibly know everything. As you and I have talked about many times, the internet has changed everything. There's so much information out there. It's, and it's changing every minute. You can't possibly know what's changing. Some people rely too much on one tool, a stock picking tool to to. They, they think they've found the, 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 the magic bullet to picking stocks, and it just doesn't exist. What can you do with that? If no one knows everything and we don't know what the future is going to be like, what's the best strategy? What should you be doing, Mike? Own everything. It's pretty simple. Uh, you know, if you have, if you have everything, you're, there are going to be some mistakes in there, but we know through all the evidence that's been around, owning everything across the market has paid off for people who've done it. So you, you need to have, uh, you don't know what's gonna be the next uh, great stock. You know, who would have guessed that Tesla would be what it is today? Like, it was amazing when you saw, you know, the owner of PayPal came out and he's doing auto, you know, I, I was in doubt. Like, to be quite honest, like for years, I'm going, this guy's going to complete with the big three. It's been done many times before. There's been movies on it, right? I, I watched Tucker. <laughs> like, I watched these movies where people got annihilated and he's going to go and create electric, go against the gas and oil industry. That's nuts. It's not a possibility of him making it. And I'm sitting there shaking my head going, hey, he, he made it, right? But at the end of the day, what what's happening now? 
competition's coming in. And we've talked yep. about this time and time again. And that's how the marketplace works. So every stock eventually goes bankrupt. Yep. Just every, a matter of when. Right? It's just a matter of when, which is why you diversify away that risk. Why take that risk if you don't need to? Yeah. Everyone should one day look at what the Dow was made up in the 19, uh, early 1900s and see what how many of those companies still exist today. I think for a while, I think General Electric was the only one that stayed on. I think General Electric is off it now too. If, uh, I can't remember, but I believe that happened. Another interesting quote I found, the main reason why money is lost in stock speculation is not because Wall Street is dishonest. Although mo most people would like to think Wall Street's dishonest. It's because so many people persist in thinking that you can make money without working for it. And the exchange is the place where this miracle can be performed. So I can go to the stock market and I can make money without working for it. And we've heard of the success stories. We always hear about the lottery winners, but we forget about the millions of people who buy lottery tickets every week and never win a dollar. But we always hear that there was some guy who just won $10 million in last week's lottery. Life is never that easy, is it? So what are some of the things that you can control? What are sort of the, the variables as an investor and we as advisors that you can focus on? What are the most important things? Well, you can control, number one, the amount of risk you have. You can have a diversified portfolio. Number one, to reduce that individual security risk. And that's where people really get into trouble. They have a, this idea that if they own a safe stock that has low risk, you know, you know, when you get into the actual numbers behind it, if you know, a, if you have a group of a hundred stocks, generally speaking, there's no one stock that's going to be less risky than those hundred stocks. So people have too much confidence in uh, size. You know, we, I mean, Ford's been bankrupt, I, and uh, GM's. Sorry, Ford has not been bankrupt. It's uh, GM that went bankrupt. Ford's one of the only companies that didn't go through there. But when we a long time ago. General Motors was considered the same as government paper. Like at one time you'd buy a General Motors bond and that was as safe as buying a treasury bill. And then we watched General Motors go bankrupt at one time. So no matter how big and powerful a company is, it doesn't mean that it can't go bankrupt. So you can control your diversification. Risk, talk about risk and you mentioned that. So risk is, you know, what's at the high end of the scale? Well, if you're a speculator, you're speculating on stocks and you use leverage, that's about as risky as you can get. You're combining two evils, speculation and, and, and margin and borrowing money. If you're speculating on 100% stocks, a lot of people would think that's risky. Although long-term, not so much if yeah. you're diversified. Yeah, because there's inflation risk too that no one ever considers. And if you're not 100%, I mean, if you have too much cash or too many bonds in your portfolio, you're you're going to be subject to inflation risk, which we're seeing right now. Like think of the returns that people are getting. You're in a 5% inflationary time and your cash is paying you, you know, zero plus a tiny bit, not much. Quarter of a point, half a point. Yep. So you're basically losing close to four to 5% a year. And after five years, you know, 5% a year for five years, that's one quarter of your money is gone. And we're, we know interest rates are going to go up, but how quickly, who knows? Another thing that's important is cost. Cost is always important, um, especially in investing. Um, and, you know, we've been using the same low cost strategy now for, I think we're 17 years. 
cost is extremely important. So you need to keep that as low as possible. But not just the cost of the investments you're buying, the trading costs, etc., but the tax implications of it. You need to keep your tax cost low. So that's something you can control. You can choose things that are cheaper. You can choose things that produce less tax per year. My, my favorite comment uh, from a long time ago is every person in our country is entitled to the market returns minus fees minus mistakes. And those are the two things you control, fees and mistakes. So you're entitled to, the the returns are easy. They're out there. There's a million indexes. Anyone get the market returns. You don't have to be special to get that. And the only thing that's going to bring you away from those beautiful and wonderful market returns are how much you're paying to get them. And the secondary thing is any mistakes you make along the way. So mistakes come down to behavior. And we've talked a lot about in our podcast series about investor behavior and how difficult it is getting too excited when you come off a great year like 2021, getting nervous when, you know, 2022 starts off with a downturn in the market. Um, I saw an an advisor today in the Globe and Mail said that the biggest bear market the world has ever seen is coming. That was his article in the Globe and Mail this morning. He has no evidence. He has no proof. He's just trying for headlines. But investor behavior is the one thing you can try and control. And finally, I think the most important thing is time. You know, the the rule is 72. If you earn 7% a year, your money doubles in 10 years. If you're around as an advisor for 30 years like I've been, I've had three doubles just with a 7% return. And because I'm all equities, I'm probably closer to a 10% return. So you can do the math on that. I've had four doubles. That's pretty good. Yeah. Remember, as they always say, it's not time in the market. It's time in the market. That brings us to the end of another week. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. You've been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.